for the soul. Today we have a very interesting and somewhat intriguing, some might even say intimidating topic. It is the topic of tithing. Yes, very overlooked. Yes. Sometimes. We have a brief overview, a short history, and I learned some things that I didn't even know, and I just had to share them with you all. Would you like to listen in? Yes, let's learn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Basically, we need to establish what is a tithe for the people who don't know. And, uh, you know, we throw around the words tithe and offerings a lot in church, uh, oftentimes either in the very beginning before the service begins or towards the end when everyone's like, oh, it's just about time to leave and we slip that in. But what exactly does that mean? A tithe uh, comes from an old English word called uh, tiabava, which basically just means tenth. Uh, it's a tenth, uh, which is a tithe, is basically just an amount of anything of value paid as a voluntary contribution or as a tax for the support of any religious institution. So that's very just a super brief summary of what a tithe is. But an offering is any donation past the one-tenth already given, which I honestly did not know that. So there you go now we're all smarter don't you feel good about yourself that's why churches say offerings <laughs> they don't say tithes <laughs> we're gonna pass the offering pass plate the, pass the tithing plates <laughs> so uh keep it coming yeah, that's right <laughs> so where did this whole thing come from because that's what i'd like to know who came up with the idea that we need to give money to people what a novel idea that's just crazy talk so the first appearing of tithing appeared in scripture it was actually in uh, Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. This is basically the story of Abraham, where he was with the king Melchizedek, who was also a priest. Abraham was paving, was paving, was paying him a tithe as a thank you for his help in defeating an enemy of his, and so he offered him one tenth. So Brian, if you'd like to go ahead and read that, that would be fantastic. Right. So this like one tenth that he paid was not going to. The church or the temple, as well, you could say? the thing was that because Melchizedek was a priest, he had a temple there. Okay. So he used it for the temple. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he was king and high priest, so he ah. had a really unique position. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Here we go. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram. By God, most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God, most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap, or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten, and the, and the share of the men whom, who went with me. Let Anir, Eshkol, and Mamare take their share. Shortly after that, in Genesis 28:16 through 22, we find that Jacob, after his visionary dream of his ladder and receiving a blessing from God, says this, and this is in Genesis 28:16 through 22, 
It says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid. And he said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar, and he poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. And then Jacob made a vow and said, If the Lord... If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So that kind of just gives like a really quick understanding of where this comes from. Why do we do this? You know, yeah, it's biblical. The tithe was also mentioned in the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, this is a little confusing, but we're going to say this as simply as possible as the easiest explanation that I could find. So, it was a little bit more difficult than it is today. The tithe system was actually organized in a seven-year cycle corresponding to the Shemitah cycle. It was a mandatory tithe, and it was distributed locally within thy gates, which is in Deuteronomy 14.28, to support the Levites and to assist the poor. So even though it did serve the same purpose as it does now, which is to encourage church growth, to update the church, and to care for the pastors and the parishioners, um, it was done a little differently. So every year, Bikram, Tamura, Masher Rishon, and Tumorat Maser were separated from the grain, wine, and oil. As regards to other fruit and produce, the biblical requirement to tithe is a source of debate. The first tithe is giving of one-tenth of agricultural produce after the giving of the standard Tamura to the Levite, or the Arianic priests, which come from Aram. Historically, during the first temple period, the first tithe was given to the Levites. Approximately at the beginning of the second temple construction, Ezra and his Beth Din implemented the giving to the Kinoim. So it kind of was based on a little bit more of a, of a scheduling instead of like and depending on how much goes to what, depending on what you own. Because at that time, people determined their wealth and their status based on the produce and the land they had and the cows and the sheep and the things that they own, not so much as coins and money like we do today. So it was based a little bit differently. So what does that mean for the New Testament? So um, heading into where Jesus popped in, Jesus Christ taught that the tithing must be done in conjunction with a deep concern for justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And that was found in Matthew 23, 23. Many of the ancient and historic Christian churches practiced tithing as it was taught by the Council of Tours in the year 567 and the Third Council of Macon in AD 585. So a long time ago. The penalty for excommunication was prescribed for those who did not adhere to the ecclesiastical law. So you better give or you get the boot. Whoo! So why do we do this and how do we do this? So that is we're going to take a quick, you know, kind of cut off here and veer into Brian. What is your experience with tithing? Can you tell me a little bit about what you, you know, what you've seen? Uh, how do you tithe? You don't have to give, you know, any particular stories if you don't want to, but. Uh, yeah, I'll just you, give you all the figures that there I've tithed. Yeah, exactly. We need bank statements. I'm kidding. We don't need any. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but like, what's your experience with that? What have you seen and witnessed through that? Um, tithing was always something that my parents wanted us to do. So, okay. So in terms of me growing up, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. my parents thought tithing was, and still do believe that tithing is a key, not a key part, but a part of being a Christian. Someone who, you give back to God. So um, I look at more as tithing, more as an offering. Uh, 
than a tithe because if you look at it there wasn't there wasn't a church when Jacob and Melchizedek were alive they just, they had the temple and people would tithe but they would tithe different sources so they would give their crops their animals like that's how they would give to the church of the old testament so the temple so it's to me it's more of an offering because you are giving up something that benefits you to god mm-hmm. so um but as a kid anytime we got paid for working for my grandpa or working for my dad so say my grandpa paid me five hundred dollars in the month I would give $50 of that to church okay. and that's what I would. And my mom would take out $50 of cash and she'd be like, okay, you put this in the offering box or the offering plate. And so that's, I've grown up doing tithing and I've pretty much tithed all my life. Um, but now like realizing and like in this new journey of my faith, like tithing is to me is so much more. It is, it's giving back to what God has given you 10%. That's, that's pretty much all he requires. I mean, you can give more, like give generously and the Lord will bless you. But 10% is really all he asks for. Just give me 10% of what you've earned because I gave that to you. Mm-hmm. So I just asked for 10% of it back. What res does, which is really nice is that you can set up a reoccurring gift is what they call it or offering so i have it set up to where it reoccurs every two weeks because i get paid every two weeks so it in then totals to what i would earn in a month pretty much and i would kind of i would take the average of what my paycheck is Mm -hmm. bi-weekly and put that into a tithe um so that way i can just have it reoccurring and i know how much is coming out of my account monthly uh so sometimes it's, it is at least 10% and sometimes it's more. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my experience with tithing. Uh, I think it is important because I think we should be giving back to God what he has given us uh, through, and money in modern day expands the kingdom of God in a way. Yeah. Like, we can, with money that we have, we can build churches and we can send mission, missionaries and support missionaries across the country. Like, we can help with $120 a month expand the kingdom of God. So partially it's kingdom work and it's doing the will of the Father. So that's my personal thought and opinion on it. Have you ever met someone who was upset that the church was asking for money or, um, you know, had an, they... they had a bit of an issue with the money and they were making comments like, Oh, that church just wants money or, you know, something like that. I've heard, heard I've heard people say like with, okay. So with mega churches like res, that can be a discussed thing. It's like these, all these churches want is more money and more money. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, okay. Yeah. In some churches, that's very true. Um, but I personally, from like going to res for a little over a year now, and seeing what they do with the gifts that they get, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Um, and also, these people do have to make a living. Like, our world runs on money, and it helps to have some. 
uh, so like these these people that work there, they have families, they need to eat, they need to get places. So let's all you five bucks, man. It's not it's not that hard. Um, so I think when you're in bigger churches, you should be a little more careful because it is a bigger church. There's a lot more people, but you also like don't know a whole lot about the church almost. So, but with res, like they have options for different departments or different places that you can give. So like Andrew Womack was just at our church mm-hmm. and they have, they had underneath their gift giving, you can give to Andrew Womack, Womack. So none of the money that those people would give that would go to Andrew Womack and his ministry. So I think that just to me shows me they're not trying to steal your money. They're using it to expand the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing with my old church. They would have all the deacons like come together in the office and like count the money. And then uh, it would go to different, the different departments of the church. So uh, I think you should be careful. Uh, I really think it is something you should look into because if your money is not going to the place that it should be, then yes, th- then you should be very skeptical. But no, I've never met anyone who's like, mad at the church but i have met people who question church's uh integrity one of the things that i saw in an early church that we used to go to was that they had uh at the i believe it was four meetings a year and it was an open business meeting where they opened up their books to everyone and they said if you are it doesn't matter if you're a member of the church or not you can come and look at our you know at our records we have a, we keep a record of every you know financial interaction that we have. Uh, if we purchase new books, we purchase new hymnals. If we purchase a how much we pay for lawn service, electricity, everything. So everything is in this record book. So if you want to look at it, and it's also online. So if you want to look at it, go ahead. And I really appreciated that because it. They said, the pastor said, look, <laughs> he said, look, if you all don't want to give because you're concerned that we're taking your money, like come on in look see that we're not taking your money but don't use that as an excuse to not give we're yeah. not taking your money so yeah. if you if if you're using that as an excuse it doesn't count because yeah. we're not we're we're completely unopened and we are honest yeah so and I, I really liked that i thought that was a really cool way of kind of dispelling that myth that yeah. oh the church just wants your money it's like well it's yeah. not true i mean if, if some churches do there are crooks there are criminals there are people who with all kinds of evil things but as long as people are free and able to look at it, then there's really no reason to not trust oh, yeah. it. The whole point is to bring glory to God. So, and it's far more important that we give from our hearts cheerfully, not knowing exactly where every penny that we're giving goes to. We are called to be wise and we're called to check into what we're doing and the gift of money is from God anyway. So, you know, we don't want to be foolish with what we're doing, but at the same time, as long as we have a, a you know, kind of an understanding of where it's going, I think that it's far more important that, like Jesus said, that we give cheerfully from the heart instead of necessarily what it does or where it goes to. One of the things that I understand about uh, tithing and one of the things that was just one of the best summations of tithing that I saw was by Pastor Tony Evans. I'm a personal fan of his. I have lots of CDs and recordings from him, and he's kind of proven himself to be a trustworthy pastor and individual. So he wrote, Understanding who we are as the people of God is critical for success as stewards of his kingdom. We are God's safety valve, the ones God has called to demonstrate what kingdom solutions look like. Ministry occurs when God's people serve others for eternal purpose. Ministry touches lives with eternity in mind. Ministry 
takes place in God's house. In Old Testament times, this was the temple. In fact, today's verse, which talks about tithing, also refers to God's house. Ephesians 2, 19, 21-22 tells us that Christians are now God's temple. You are of God's household. The whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. If our church is the dwelling place of God, the word will be taught, the needs of the saints will be met, and the community will be impacted. And I thought that was just a wonderful way to sum up that. Yeah. Uh, so there's a verse that I wanted to read, and this was like really put on my heart to read this uh, for this podcast. So uh, it is Mark 12, 41 to 44. Uh, a lot of people are probably familiar with it, but if you're in case you're not, it's the widow's offering. And so I'll just re- I'll read it to you. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people put money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which makes a penny. So she gave one cent, okay? But there's more. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. She gave, so she had one penny to her name, and she gave it to the temple. To me, I don't think I could put in my entire life savings into an offering. I don't I don't think I can. Not because I love my money, but because I know what I want to do with that. Mm. And well, that sounds that sounds really bad. Um, it's honest. It's it's honest. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be fully honest. Yeah. I don't think I could do what that woman did. Um I do believe that I I give and I give regularly. Uh and I know God sees that, but the point of me reading this is Give out of what you don't have instead of what you do have. And that's kind of like a riddle now that I say that out loud. But if you read what Jesus said is the rich people gave out of their abundance. So they gave and had no worry in the world because they had more. She gave everything. So she had all to worry about. So, and she was a poor widow. So, like, I think that's, like, really key. They could have said widow and gave all that she had, but she was a poor widow. So this woman probably wasn't in a very healthy state of physical being. She's probably dirty, and she probably lived on the – like, she gave everything, and she probably lived on the streets. So for her to do that and for God – or Jesus in this case, to look upon her and say, she gave all that she had. That's the example. She just set an example. A poor woman just set an example for a bunch of rich people. And I think to me that's mind-boggling and like really, I think it challenges me to almost give more than I do. Um, And I'm not saying the more that you give, the more blessed you will be. But I think the more that you give out of your heart and out of what you don't have shows that you have your trust in God and that he is going to provide for you. Somewhere in Luke, it says, 
like even the sparrows have a home and food to live on yet they don't worry so how much more valuable are we to God and so as his children he provides for his children as parents provide for their children so taking that into consideration really looking at that as a poor woman can give everything that she had and God can look upon her with a smile on his face and be an example for people who have more than she has so that was just cool to me I wanted to read that so that I think was a perfect way to kind of bring this perfect (laughs) kind of firework explosion to a close Um, thank you for reading that that was great super super great well we hope that you all have enjoyed this brief discussion of tithing we hope that you approach the new season of tithing with a renewed spirit of vigor and excitement we hope that you next time receive the plate will fill it to the brim (laughs) with a cheerful heart yes so uh, thank you all for listening to Allah for the Soul we hope that you have enjoyed this episode Uh, if you have not subscribed to us we are very, very sad. And the yeah. way to make us smile again would be to hit the subscribe and like button, which yeah. would be amazing. Big Red, cue the party music. <laughs> yeah, we're dancing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Poor. So, poor dancing. Uh, share with your friends. Tell others about this podcast. The only way we're going to grow to tell more people about God is if you hit the share button. I timed Amen. it. It literally is the exact same amount of time that a chameleon can change his color as you can hit the share button. Yeah. It's scientific. (laughs) Preach. So so do it. Preach. If you love Jesus, share this podcast. Yes. Um, I wanted to remind our listeners that the reason why we're kind of hitting all these different topics, it kind of seems sporadic, but the reason why is in this season of the podcast that we're doing is we're basically giving, uh, overview or a kind of like a this is christianity to almost the backbone not not yeah. the backbone like yeah this is like christianity 101 this is basic christian knowledge that we know of and that is biblical and that is also helpful i mean tithing is like is so overlooked i at least in my opinion i think it's very overlooked in christians today because it's like, well, I need money to get to the gas station to minister to that person. It's like, if God wants you to minister to that person, he's going to make it happen. Yeah. So, but like, that was kind of a terrible example, but that's okay. We started out with how not to pray or how to pray. So prayer, we, we talked about prayer, which yeah. is very important in Christian, which is very important with relationship with God. Yeah. And then we talked about misquoting Christian we just talked about misquoting scripture and using it in the wrong lens and how you use scripture. And now we're talking about tithing. So if you look, these are all just kind of little things that can help you understand like what Christianity is and how, how it all kind of ties in together because everything is to glorify God and to have relationship with him. So, that's kind of the point that we are trying to hit on in this to build a nice foundation so that way we can have a strong house. That's right. So I wanted to share that for a reminder. Friendly, friendly, 
friendly, friendly, friendly reminder. Absolutely. Next season, we are going to be approaching a major, major undertaking. Yes. So stay tuned. And if you want to know, keep listening to Aloe for the Soul. From the producers who brought you, Aloe for the Soul presents (laughs) Season (laughs) 3. That's your sneak peek. That's right. We need some dramatic music. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. Like the opera. (laughs) Anyway, we hope that you all have enjoyed listening to this uh, episode. Please tune in next week. Well, we will be... Where we will be presenting a new topic that we hope you enjoy. Yes. This is Andrew. This is Brian. Share, like, comment. Don't care what you do. And follow us on Instagram at Alpha the Soul. Love you guys.